0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is and Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au I
1: really like this new service. Gives you that
0: flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 154. Thanks to our good friends at Netgear, Netgear. Dot .com.au, tell you more about them shortly. My name's Trevor Long uh, from EFTM.com.au and joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech from techguide.com.au, Stephen Good day, mate.
1: Good day, Trevor. How are you going? Good to be with you once again. Episode one five four. Boy, they're rolling along now. If aren't
0: they? only we had a well, probably more than a dollar. It'd be good for each one, wouldn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> one hundred and
1: fifty four bucks. That's nothing else
0: That's it. That would that be between us or each? I don't well, know. Mate,
1: see, I think I should take it all because you, when they had the birthday cake for three years, you took the <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> So I deserve the cash if we do get it all.
0: Rightio, fair fair enough. We'll keep it that way. Lots to talk about this week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. So Apple and Samsung are in court again. I don't even know what they're fighting about this time. Probably patents and all that kind of jazz. But once again, through the discovery process, as does occur in these legal matters, um, they're able to get access to different communiques and different things that come out of Apple. And it's quite interesting reading, really, isn't it, mate, to, yeah. to see things that are coming out of Apple, whether it's an email from Phil Schiller to the marketing, um, external marketing agency. Or what I found very interesting was uh, 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 Tim, Cook, sorry, Steve Jobs' email, this is back in 2010, Uh, looking at the the top 100 meetings, so a meeting they get together, the top 100 uh, uh, management uh, at Apple and talking about the actual... Rundown for the day. This is a meeting they have, and these are the kind of things I go to at my work. You know, you have a, a strategy day or something like that, and you have a bit of a rundown. And here he is laying out word for word what he wants to talk about. Hey, 2011 strategy. Second up, the holy war with Google. The year of the cloud. I mean, this is big stuff. It's quite interesting, really, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think what makes it even more interesting is the fact that it's coming from Apple, a notoriously secret, secretive company. Uh, always playing their cards close to their chest, never talking about future products. Mm. So this having access to this, these kind of documents and information is really a, a rare glimpse uh, at the internal workings of of this company. Now the the whole the whole matter with Samsung, this case has been dragging on for quite a while. But the documents kind of uh, brought brought what, what what sort of brought uh, most attention from the documents was the fact that Apple uh, and Samsung obviously battling in the market. Samsung's leader in the marketplace, and the speculation that has has Samsung stolen Apple's cool. Is, is Samsung the new? Cool brand uh, which which made for an interesting exchange between Phil Schiller and that and his marketing agency, but I think another interesting aspect and you and I have differing opinions on this, Trevor, as mm-hmm. our listeners know, the talk was about whether they should make a larger screen iPhone and what what is holding it back. The interesting documents included. Uh, kind of like, like there were slides from a presentation to show that the growth of iPhone is slowing and l- looking at the rest of the market and identifying the fact that uh, there is a lot of demand for less expensive smartphones and larger screen smartphones, which mm. I think is what Apple are going to do on the, on the larger smartphone size, I think we 're going to see a larger screen iPhone.
0: I don't disagree that we'll see a larger screen, but I believe we'll see it in the same form factor. I don't think the the form factor will get larger soon. But, yeah, look, I don't care oh, if I'm hang wrong. On. So you're conceding now, are you? No, I've always the, said back to you, to, Stephen, you're, you're soon. That the, the device will be the same size, the screen oh. will be bigger within it. Well, I can't I've see even how- done
1: a mock up for screen. you. I saw that. Yeah, I I can't see how much bigger you can make the screen unless they want to stretch it out even longer than it is, so it's going to be a even longer screen, which is going to be harder to use with one hand. I
0: that- will put on uh, on the 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 message next to this show on SoundCloud and everywhere else, yeah. I'll put my little go stupid mock-up up and uh, and, <laughs> and and show you what I mean. Because I, so how much bigger is the screen? Blue? Like uh, half an inch. I think I worked 4. out it could go to four
1: point four inches. Four point four, hmm. using the same footprint yeah. of the device. So yeah. the device is no larger physically. That's correct. Uh, Edgeless, screen, borderless, stunning. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I I disagree. I think we're going to see a five inch all well, the rumors are saying 4.7 and a 5.5. Whether they do too, I'm not sure. Uh, whether the existing iPhone becomes the iPhone mini, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I think that this is this is sort of the real the real hot button issue i think for for users i think you you'll notice and you've noticed this too how many how many die oh not die hard but regular iphone users have now have you heard a drifting away to samsung or to android it yeah, seems in they, my, they it my circle exist. it seems to be growing there's more people that are attracted to the larger screen different device and I think apples recognize that I think they need they they've ridden out this 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 screen size for i think as long as it can be uh for the sort of the top end of the market there and look, this is my opinion. I think they're gonna we're going to see a larger screen iphone iPhone six will have a bigger screen it'll be a bigger device
0: If I was at the strategy day with Apple, I'd be standing up and saying, guys. We need a cheaper phone. I mean, the oh, problem yeah. the problem is that you've got this great adoption of smartphones, which they led. You've got this great influx of smartphones from you know, everyone from Sony to HTC to Samsung, which is what's now dominating the sales market. But we, we really don't have any accurate numbers that suggest that the bigger phones are selling better. It's just that the flagship phones are the bigger phones. Yep. So we don't have any data that says that there are more of them or anything like that. But what's lacking is... A a better entry point for, and you get these calls as well. You get people who just want to spend 200 or 300 bucks on a phone. There's no reason why iOS from two years ago, you know, like a slimmed down iOS, can't run on a less spec device that still has a great camera and does things. But, you know, it's an iPod touch with a bloody SIM card. I mean, I don't understand. It doesn't have to have a big screen, it just has to run the apps that, you know, play Sudoku. And, you know, you're talking about an audience that haven't yet bought into the smartphone race.
1: I I think, no, on that we agree, mate. I think that Apple has, I think that if there's one weakness in their iPhone. Their whole iPhone sales strategy is there isn't an affordable, a more affordable iPhone. It was the biggest failure
0: of of last year's launch was that the five C was yeah. hundred bucks cheaper. I mean, what's be, the point yeah. of that?
1: But that was what we envisaged as being that entry level product, that under five hundred. You know, and look, it would be even better if it was under four hundred. But yeah. I think that Samsung and a lot of these other companies are making a lot of ground and and obviously making a lot of money. In that lower entry level market, I think there there is not only a people who just wanna who are maybe buying their first smartphone, people who just think, look, you know, I just I just want a phone. I, I, I like you know, you're either a, you know how you're either a car person yep. or just something that gets you A to B. Yep. The, the other person who just wants something to get them A to B, that's the market they're missing out on.
0: That's right. I think
1: that they, they, they can still appeal to that market. Because they uh, with, offer just, oh,
0: simplicity and, that no other phone yet offers. You,
1: you think of new users to smartphones, what are they going to want? Simplicity, and the iPhone's got that in spades. So I think that that's the challenge, and that's reflected in these documents. By the way, just to bring it back to the sort of this segment that we're what we're talking about, that's that that's what was raised in in Apple's own meetings here. That mm. that's why the other competitors have got it, getting the jump on us now. Yeah. They they need to act in these two areas: the larger screen, less expensive phone, and I think we're going to see. Well, I think the larger screen for sure. Hopefully, a cheaper, a cheaper iPhone uh, to attract that lower that low hanging fruit. A phrase I love to repeat: I, that low hanging fruit of for customers. Uh, that all those customers that just want a cheap and and reasonable phone. I think they're going to pick up a lot of sales.
0: We could continually have a two blokes talking a- Apple predictions because it'd just be so much fun to talk about what you could do and what you should do and all that kind of stuff but we don't really know the other the, i'll just finally say that the, the holy war with google that i touched on in the in the top 100 meeting i think that's a really interesting thing because i i don't think in 2010 that's i mean that's four years ago right the the iphone was still a young device the ipad was only in version one just brand new yeah you know it's it's still a, it's a long time ago right but i don't think I had any thought that Google was a competitor to Apple at that point, and here's Steve Jobs saying, no, no, we have to compete with them, and that's yeah. why they went down the Maps route and I all think, that kind of stuff. It's
1: amazing. He took it personally, I think, and if you read his biography, he, he sees that Android is a stolen idea of his. They've, they've basically what his thoughts are is they've copied the iPhone, mm. and that's been, that, that was a bugbear of his you know, until his death but um that, that that that's what that's all about and how they wanted to get square with Google and show them who who's the real innovator around there but um so, you know, a few things happened, including unfortunately he passed away and uh, you know the uh, the, the torch has been passed on I'm not sure Tim Cook has got the same kind of vengeance in mind and the sort of that that kind of attitude towards Google I'm not mm. sure it doesn't appear that way but uh, interesting insight nonetheless though and what uh, how Steve Jobs thought about the whole it thing
0: certainly is you're listening to two bikes talking tech two bikes talking
1: Well, while we're on the subject of Apple, uh, we should mention the fact that they have announced that the Worldwide Developers Conference – is going to be held on June the 2nd. It'll kick off June the 2nd, run for five days at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. I've attended a few of these. This is a massive, as its name suggests, developer conference. So it's all about developers getting to to the show, having access to thousands of Apple engineers where they can try out new code and check out new features. It's obviously being such a software-driven show. We're going to see iOS 8, we're going to see the latest version of OS ten for the Mac and the MacBook Pros. Uh, but there usually is uh, a little bit of a hardware peak as well. Uh, we have seen in the past, and I've been at these shows where they've unveiled iPhones. They've had the iPhone 3GS uh, in 2009, the iPhone 4 in 2010. Uh, not sure whether they're going to use this opportunity to unveil one of the many rumored devices. No. Could it be the iPhone? Could it be the iWatch? Could it be something else? Larger screen iPad? Not sure, no. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting time, and everyone is going to be have their eyes on the that opening keynote uh, when Tim Cook takes the stage on June the second. It's going to be very very interesting viewing.
0: The only thing we can say with certainty, two things: there will be a lot of people developers there developing apps, and the (laughs) second thing is three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't it already done? It's like a ballot system. Yeah, and and uh, and the the second thing is that Tim Cook will open with. uh, you know, welcome. It's great to have you here. Let's take a look at how we're going, and he'll will reflect on on things. And he will he will there will be a giant check on the screen which says how much money they've paid to developers. <laughs> that, 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 those things are set in stone. Let yeah. me tell you what I think, um, because I do think that there's no iPad, there's no um, iPhone, there's no iPod, there, there's no Mac. It's just MacBook a Air, MacBook Air with Retina display. That's that, that. The MacBook Air with Retina would be interesting. I don't I don't know that it's absolutely necessary. They do it at WWDC. I actually think what they'll do is they'll make the focus of this cars. I reckon they'll have every possible make and manufacture of car there to showcase to the developers and the awaiting media yeah, CarPlay, because, car play, absolutely. you know, we've got talk now of Microsoft getting into that space. You know, uh, Ford, they've been doing that with Ford for a while. Software already? So, in that space. Yeah. yeah, but they're talking about bringing, like, windows to the car, not just the oh. the, the crappy, you know, sync stuff that they well, do with Ford. I
1: just say that having windows in a car, what does windows sometimes do?
0: <laughs> Blue screen. Fra- yeah, it yeah. crashes. Yeah.
1: You don't want that word crashing while you're. No, drive. you don't.
0: But yeah. but look, so I think <laughs> I think that would be the – if from a you know, and again, I'm kind of being a a an egotistical narc here. But from the point of trying to get coverage for an event, I think their best bet is to say. Here's 15 cars, and there's 30 of them around. Let's go for Here's drive, Mercedes people. Ben's Benz, Ferrari, BMW, yeah. yeah. Up and down the, the, the price scale and show off what it does. I mean, that's mm. the thing that the world's media, outside of the techie world, we've been talking about for a while now, yeah. but when, when the Today Show in America gets to sit in a car and see Apple CarPlay... It, it's yeah. massive, yeah. Absolutely, so that's no, that, that, what they will do. Right.
1: Well, they did make a big deal of it. Um, we made a big bit of it too, and we spoke about it at CarPlay uh, just a couple of months ago. But um, I think you're you're spot on there. The the new operating system, especially iOS, obviously for iPad and iPhone, yeah. is going to be very much car centric. But uh, I'm just trying to think of sort of some of the features they may include. I, I'm I'm thinking they're going to sort of play a little bit more around sort of the photography, sort of the camera yeah. software as well. I think that's going to be really key. Yeah, you know, they,
0: they purchased, didn't they? Purchase um of one of the one of the apps or a developer that that was doing a lot lot in the camera space. So yeah, and you know you look at the work that Samsung and, and HTC doing to promote very much software layer features other than the duo camera on the HCC. It is a place they need to do differently. Not better, because they they've do. they got a bloody good camera. Full uh, stop, yeah, great yeah. camera. Absolutely. But I think they can do differently. I think they can acknowledge. You look at how they integrated Facebook and Twitter over time, and it, and it didn't take long, but when it was there, it was there. I think they need to realize that... Social sharing of photos is huge. We'll talk about Twitter in a little while. Mm-hmm. That they can be a bigger part of that, and they can play a better role in that. And I think that's 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 a big thing for them. So.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, you know it'll be like iOS seven point one recently. That that to me was a real. Um, it answered the customers' complaints. Yeah. It addressed a lot of the issues that people had with iOS seven. So I think moving forward from that, I think iOS eight. I think it's going to not a, It's not going to be as dramatic a change as six to seven. It's going to be a, a more an incremental, not a massive. Oh yeah, no, 8.
0: it's, it's, it's yeah. just simple. Is stuff. it
1: even going to be called iOS eight? Is it going to be called iOS seven point five or no, something like? That? We don't it even. Has know. It's to, it to be... has
0: to be eight. You look at the transition from you know four to five. Um, they're, they're, you know it's not big, but there's there's stuff behind the scenes that does it, and that, that it'll be eight. They have to do it every year, I think. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Wow. Anyway, uh, WWDC uh, coming up in June, isn't it? About the 10th? June uh, 2nd to June June, the second to Ju- June, June, June the 2nd. Yeah. Rightio, very good. Uh, stand by for more on that. As it approaches, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Check out their new website. It's, uh, it's beautiful. They've done a lot of work on, on reformatting the site and giving you all the information you need about networking because there's some interesting things about networking that you might not understand i mean beamforming plus i mean we've talked about this with the nighthawk router for example but this is a fantastic technology and they describe it simply beamforming locks in your wi-fi your wi-fi locks onto your device and follows you with beamforming plus only on netgear wherever you go in your home with phones tablets or laptops the wi-fi signal focuses on your location optimum speed uh they talk about the dual band information which is a great feature of many of their routers plus the genie netgear genie i've got to tell you this is they describe it as a little bit of software magic it is fantastic the ability to install your network very easily is fantastic but then controlling your network seeing at a snapshot what's happening in your network the number of devices connected what's up what's down what's working the Netgear Genie is um, the most modern and uh, user-friendly interface for a router that you've ever seen. They've come such a long way in in um, in the last few years from what was a very geeky place to be inside your modem. Check it out. You can uh, see all of those cool things at netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech. With long and Stephen and while we're in uh, plug mode, mate, the Sydney Royal Easter Show kicks off this week, and uh, Stephen Fennick uh, is not a showbag. He's not an animal <laughs> pavilion being judged. You're not, also not wood chopping. I'm very disappointed about that. No, no but well, you I'm... are. You are the tech arena, the tech guide, tech arena at the Sydney Royal Easter Show. Remind me where I go when I'm at the Easter Show, and yep. when you're on.
1: Come to uh, Hall Number Three. It's just down from the Woolworths Fresh Food Hall, which That's is on the cool way place. to the Showbags. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's actually the Tech Arena is uh, backing on to the Showbag Pavilion. The wall right. behind our stage is actually the Showbag Hall. So, uh, feel free if you want to take a load off after, after tr- you know, trekking around the Showbag Hall to come and sit in the uh, Tech uh, Tech Arena, the Tech uh, Arena Theatre and listen to uh, four presentations. Uh, We're giving one at uh, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m., so four different presentations per day, all about uh, how you can use your technology, the sort of progress we've made, short, short history of the smartphone and things you didn't realize it could do, uh, and yeah, you know, shape of things to come, farming in the 21st century, and all sorts of tech tips and tricks.
0: And breaking news: this is all part of your entry ticket. I mean, there's no extra fee <laughs> to pay. I oh, mean, give it's a tip if you want. You come up, I'll <laughs> put the hat out. You might be put able, a hat out. Like a listen. Put a bring out a guitar, <laughs> mate, or a ukulele. Crack <laughs> out some tunes and entertain the crowds, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fennick at the uh, at the Tech Arena at the Sydney Royal Easter Show. So, if you're in Sydney or you're coming to Sydney for the Royal Easter Show, check him out. Uh, in between the Woolworths uh, dome and the show ground, uh, showbags. Uh, we won't call you showbags, mate. We'll just, come and we'll say just, good day. I want to
1: see. I want to hear from the two blokes talking tech listeners. Yeah. Identify yourselves. Come and say good day.
0: And I understand that you'll you'll tell him that you favour him because he's there and he's he's a he's a <laughs> former footballer. I mean, this bloke could could hurt you, right? So don't say that you like me better because that that's not good. But I know that's the <laughs> truth. It's okay. Two blokes talking tech. So, interesting, um, interesting stuff uh, coming in. I think it was a news limit, wasn't it, mate? The, uh, yeah. the idea that, um, that Facebook might be the thing that's actually, you know, giving you dramas on your iPhone battery. Now, this isn't just someone going, ah, oh, Facebook's always running in the background and you've got your <laughs> location. service on. This is apparently an Apple genius who's run some developer tools to go, hang on a minute, it's, Facebook is actually running your battery down.
1: Yeah, uh, this guy, uh, Scotty Loveless, uh, maybe Scotty Jobless, after after this little episode, he has gone to the trouble. I'm sure he's probably heard, uh, he's probably got sick of people coming up to the Genius part saying, my battery it's running down, what's the problem? I don't with-?
0: think it's your job as a genius to get sick of people coming up to you. Yeah,
1: well, he's probably heard a lot of people, though, complain about the battery, and he thought he would sort of go and do some investigating and found that the Facebook app was the main culprit. So if you are running Facebook on your iPhone, you should know that according to this guy's tests, it's continuously requesting resources of your device and hence running your battery down. Even when you're not using Facebook, it's still running in the background and 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 using up valuable power off your battery. So uh, there is a way though that you can get around it Mm. uh, and one way is to set off your uh, location services and you can also set off your background app refreshing because that's what Facebook wants to do. It's refreshing in the background so that when you actually hit the icon, the very latest updates are right there. It doesn't have to go and make a call to its server to bring it all down. It's already there. Mm. So it's trying to serve you on one hand the very latest and greatest but on the other hand it's going to cost you a bit of battery life to do so
0: look i mean obviously it's important if you're listening to this uh in the car driving along with kids language warning but my message to scotty uh jobless is that um, to to work out what's chewing the battery up and he's coming up and said it's facebook i mean no shit sherlock I mean, hello, the thing is running in the background all the time, constantly updating and, and giving you alerts when things happen. And it's in the little arrows on saying you've got your location. I mean, really, it's not rocket science. The these...
1: board, we should mention that Twitter does the same thing. Exactly. Maybe My... not as extensively, maybe not as hard as Facebook or as much power drain, but it does do the same thing as do other many other apps.
0: And, and this is interesting. This is what I want to say to people is you need to learn about these devices. Now, I know it, you, you install apps, you play with them, whatever. Go into the settings, and it's quite interesting that it's all available to you to see what's happening. You can go into the settings, go into privacy, go into location services, and you can see all the apps that are enabled to use location services, for example, which is one area that choose battery because GPS signals take up a lot of battery space uh, or battery time. And what you can do is you can, you can actually see what's actively using it now because it's got a purple arrow as opposed to just having the arrow. Plus, whenever it's in use... There's an arrow on the screen, so you know it's happening. I mean, you've got so to what learn saying, what everything what means.
1: What you're saying, Trevor, is that you don't really have a right to complain about your battery unless you've checked out your settings. Oh, I think so. I think I, I agree with you. I think that, you know what, take take responsibility for your device. Get in there. Get into your settings. What Trevor said, take his advice. Yes. And, uh, you know, that way if you, it's your own fault. Oh, if I, your battery's running down, then get into your settings and fix it. I, it's like driving a car. And complaining that you, it uses too much fuel, but you got the AC running and everything going on, and you're not really—you you got flat tires; they're not inflated properly. It's similar kind of thing. If yep. you look after it, check under the hood, it will run properly.
0: Having used the HCC One now for over a week, I can tell you that there is no doubt in my mind the iPhone battery isn't great. Yeah, I, I used to have a charger in my car, at my desk, and at home. I, with H C One, and I've been using it the same. I'm charging it once a day at night, so yeah. there is definitely a better advantage. Now it's got a bigger battery, it's a bigger phone, it's bigger device. But, but let's be clear: there are there's a lot of, of great tutorials on the internet that tell you how to how to be better with your battery. Things like Including the, one written on Tech Guide. Absolutely, right? it's a great resource for these kind of information sources. Um, but you know, the screen, turn the brightness down. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, turn them off, uh, yep. and only turn them on when you need them. There's some really simple things you can do that will get yep. you a better life. The bottom line is. Apple isn't making phones that do bad battery. We're using more in our phones, probably lengths ahead of what Apple thought we were doing, and the battery technology isn't keeping up. People say to me, "My battery's That's going tough. flat faster." I say, "You're using your phone you, you more. You never got your hands off it." That's what yeah. I say to people. But you're always using it. You're listening to music. You're watching videos. You're mm.
1: browsing the web. You're checking email. You're using apps. Playing games. Mm. You, it's your mobile wallet. Of course,
0: your battery's going to run down. I think what we've basically established here is look, probably not worthwhile sending us emails saying what's wrong with my battery. <laughs> <laughs> because we've just Have a look at the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're listening to. But um, yes, according to Scotty Jobless, uh, Facebook's doing it. Uh, thanks, Scott. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.
1: Now, I, I like a bit of control, Trevor, and by control, I mean being able to control the things no, you I've might I've spoken know. to your wife about but
0: that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I've got no control there, mate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Controlling devices in your home, we, we, we're all big, we're big on smart homes and automation, and usually that comes with a, a controller. You've got to have a, a tablet or a phone or an actual remote control to do that sort of, uh, to have that kind of control over your devices, over your home. But I've written about a, a new product called the Voice Viper. And I think it's uh, the clues given right there in the name. It allows you to take control of your home. Just by using your voice, just by talking to your house. Now, if you've clean seen the house, if you've ever clean the house, on? I don't think that's going to work. But uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen an episode of Star Trek, if you've, you know, I don't know you're a big Trekkie, but you know how nope. sometimes Captain Kirk on the bridge of the of the, of the Enterprise says, uh, "You know, computer, to, to do this, do that." It's he's talking to the actual ship. Yep. This is as close to that as you're going to get. You you can talk to this, and it, it connects to existing control systems. Like I'm talking the biggies here: Crestron, AMX control. 4. These are full on dedicated home automation uh, systems. Uh, and you can, uh, when, when it's hardwired to that system, so it needs professional installation. And I'll, I'll, I'll reveal the price a little bit later. But uh, yeah.
0: you can talk oh, oh, to this oh, thing. Spoiler and- alert, I've seen the, seen the review. <laughs> so sit down, people, if you're excited.
1: Well, yeah, if, if you're – look, put it this way. If you've got a Crestron and an AMX or Control 4 system in your home, you're traveling okay. Yeah, right? Right. So this isn't a, a bad thing to add to the whole system. But you can do things like uh, talk to it and say, look, set the alarm, and it'll do it. Turn on the projector, and bang, it'd work it would work. Turn off the lights. Or make it warmer, so it'll it'll jack up the the, the air conditioner in your home or your your heater, or whatever, to to make it warmer. So I think that kind of control is pretty cool. And look, we, we laugh about it, and it's obviously convenience, and obviously you know early adopters are going to think it's the coolest thing ever. But look at the other side of this, the other offering. This this is a really handicap friendly tool too. Imagine handicapped people users at the, in their homes. Imagine having a tool that doesn't need for them to touch a remote control. Oh, yeah. They can just use their voice. That so sort of helps, helps with their – keeps their independent lifestyles happening. I think that is a real plus for this sort of product as well, A uh, sort of move in that direction where they can enjoy all the benefits of having you know, good gear, home theaters, and, and all the mod cons, but just being able to use your voice to control it, I think that's a pretty cool little addition.
0: And uh,
1: the price, Stephen? The price is $3,999. Hmm. I think. Uh, Bring yeah. me a Coke. You're no, pre- it's not working. <laughs>
0: Still not working. <laughs>
1: Vacuum the carpet. Yes, it's not happening either. But uh, uh, look, house it's I'll apply for a new
0: credit card. <laughs> uh, no, that's <laughs> not working. Me either. a
1: story for Tech Guide. No, <laughs> it's not working. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Advanced Audio Australia is the uh, company you buy it from. There is a link there to that website. And as I said, if you're in, if you're in that kind of moving in those sort of circles with that kind of control system, I like. I wrote about it because it's pretty quirky. But, uh, you know, you're paying for the technology, obviously.
0: this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Unprecedented stuff here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. The demand for this product has crashed the Advanced Audio website. I mean, we're not even broadcasting live, and it's just me trying to access it. Uh, But check it out. uh, It's not working right now, but uh, on the story at uh, techguide.com.au, a link to the advanced audio people behind that product. Uh, just very quickly before we talk minute reviews, people will notice uh, a slight change coming to, or not a slight, it's actually quite a dramatic change coming to Twitter over the next couple of weeks as it rolls out across the user base. And they do these things staggered so that they can just check, you know, you, you release it to hundred thousand people, then another hundred thousand, so that you don't overwhelm the systems and check that it doesn't have load issues on the on their servers. But essentially, it's a whole new look for. The profile page, and it's a very Facebook-like concept of saying when you go to twitter.com forward slash the username, it's a very kind of welcoming look at that person and that profile so that you're maybe enticed to follow that person or learn more about them. Mm. The individual, and this is what I like about it, as an individual or account holder, you can... Pin an item to the top, so a tweet that's really important to you, you can pin it to the top so that's the thing that people see. So if there's something like, you know, you might always post your most recent story to the top so that when you post a, a photo of, you know, Ziggy and Zaggy, um, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't overwhelm the great story that you wrote. I oh, know that's not his yes. name. Yes, um, <laughs> his, his name's Logan, but I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I agree. I think uh that, that's a a cool feature.
1: I like that pin tweets because uh, there are there are tweets because I've always described Twitter as c- kind of like a raging river. You know, you you put a tweet in there and woof, it's gone. You know, it's it's it's, it's the flow of this of your timeline and it, it, it's it's very it's constant. Uh, but I, I like the fact that if you can pin your tweet, a favorite tweet of yours, to the top of your profile, so the People that come to your page, uh, so they can kind of see what you're about. Okay, he's he's done this, and you know, so that there are there's preferable ways for you to yep. highlight tweets, keep them up the top there. You know, maybe a story you've written or some kind of achievement you, you've, you've enjoyed or a, a, a tweet that uh, enjoyed a lot of engagement and, and that again is another way to to uh, to see because part of the new feature is having highlighted tweets too so a, a tweet that's had a lot of engagement like a lot of retweets or favorites or replies is actually larger in your timeline there is um, tech guides actually already got this update mate I think they must think I'm something special with no, tech guide, I mean, very important. We, we have uh, I've already got the the update on the tech guide page on Twitter that's at techguideau, and uh, you can see that. And, in fact, one of my updates that had a few retweets is, is slightly larger than the other tweets around it, which is pretty cool.
0: Look, my only concern with this is, and it's like Facebook pages, that they don't actually get viewed much. It's actually the posts that get viewed. So I'm just hoping that this ability to kind of pin or highlight maybe comes into the general timeline because even though that's a great feature, I don't know that people really go to that page very much. So that, that's yeah. an interesting one to, to look at over time. But um, if you do use Twitter and you look at the, the, the profile pages, you'll notice this coming over the next couple of weeks as it rolls out slowly across the world um, at twitter.com. Uh, more info on that, Stephen's written about it, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With All right, let's wrap it up with a couple of amazing products that Stephen has scoured the world for, kicking off with a keypad.
1: Yes, it is. This is the LMP Next Gen Keypad. Now, it's designed for laptop users because what's one thing you don't have on a laptop? A numerical keypad. Now, there's a lot of people who may own a a laptop and may get frustrated they can't make calculations or work with numbers, maybe spreadsheets, and they want that little numerical keypad that you find on desktop keyboards. Well, this little Bluetooth device can wirelessly sync to your laptop and provide that little numerical keyboard when you need it. So uh, it's a handy little product available from JB Hi-Fi. The LMP Next-gen keypad is priced at 79.95. There is a mode, so you can click at the Mac or PC, depending on the type of computer you're using. Uh, it's powered by two AAA batteries. Link syncs by Bluetooth, as I mentioned, 7995 from JB
0: Hi-Fi. And a security bracelet. Yeah, this was uh, actually
1: a product that was brought to my attention by the inventor. He actually emailed me directly uh, and explained the product to me and the sort of traction they've got. They've already sold hundreds of these products. They've been covered in other major sites around the world. This is called the Spot and Save Band, and it's a wearable security device. So you wear it like a a bracelet, and what it does, it syncs via Bluetooth to your smartphone, and it allows people to send an SOS. If they feel like they're in danger, like there might be some woman who – walking through a dodgy neighborhood or maybe an elderly person may have a fall in their home or something like that, it allows them to send an SOS which then messages up to five of their chosen people. So not only gives them their exact location, but can also give them turn-by-turn directions from their present location to go to this actual spot. Another feature of the Spot and Save Bracelet is the ability for live tracking. So you can set it into a mode where you can see where that person is on your device. Using uh, the the companion app, so that's a that that'll be a sort of handy feature for parents with young kids, or uh, you know. Per- However, however, families are set up, you know, you want to keep track of the wife, mm. the husband, yep. you, you want to keep track of people, your kids, whatever. Uh, so, uh, there's two real uh, uses for that. It's got a, a rechargeable battery that lasts for up to 18 hours. So, you do have to recharge it. But uh, I'm impressed by the price. It's only $37.99 US uh, and includes 10 You need to include $10 shipping. That's US as well to ship it anywhere in the world. You, he, he sells them on his website, spotandsave.com, and there's a link on. Tech Guide for that. So, yeah, spot and safe security bracelet for that peace of mind. Never know. This device could turn out to be a life Two blokes talking
0: tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, that's a wrap. 154 in the can. We'll be back again next week. You can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH and check him out at techguide.com.au. And don't forget, if you're going to the Easter show, check out the Tech Arena where Stephen will present several times a day. And, Stephen, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. But we'll be back next week mid Royal Easter show. Maybe I should try and come out and we could record out there or something. Why don't we?
1: What a great idea. We'll do one live from the tech arena. We'll
0: see how we go, mate. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, follow Stephen and check out his uh, daily and uh, regular updates at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two
1: Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.